The Big Fish Challenge presented by Mercury Marine is back. It's our annual Fish Anywhere Anytime tournament with 14 official way stations ranging from Santa Barbara down to San Diego. You can win a boatload of prizes in four easy steps. Step one, sign up at wonews.com. Entries only $50 to fish for all five species. Step two, catch either a white sea bass, halibut, lingcod, tuna, or yellowtail during the 10-week event. Step three, bring it in to an official weigh station and fill out the official weigh board. And then the final step, submit your photo via email to onebigfish at wonews.com to be eligible to win weekly prizes and you will be eligible to win the overall Big Fish prize in each category. Weekly Big Fish prizes include a t-shirt, a pack of gamakatsu hooks, and leader and gear from American Fishing Wire. If you catch the biggest fish across the 10-week event, you will win a prize pack worth almost $3,000, including $500 courtesy of Mercury, a pen combo, a Furuno fish finder, Costa sunglasses, and items from Gamakatsu, Plano, Berkeley, Terrafin, Igloo, 976 Bite, and more. Once again, why fish for fish when you can fish for cash and prizes? It's the Big Fish Challenge presented by Mercury starting July 1st. Sign up now at wonews.com. We knew we were in for a big bluefin year for sure from the get-go, and it definitely has not disappointed. It's tough because sometimes you look at someone and you're like, wow, I can't believe they would do that. And then that's the guy hooking up the whole trip. So you never know. Welcome back to the Western Outdoor News Podcast. It's Brad Van Zyle and Mike Stevens. We're talking about the June 24th issue of Western Outdoor News. How's it going, Mike? You came in here with a bottle of chocolate milk, and you're ready to talk <laughs> fishing. I am now. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I've had some chocolate milk, but watching <laughs> you drink it definitely made me want some. But uh, all right. How are things looking in the world of fishing on the West Coast? So, I mean, right on the cover, we've got uh, surf fishing is heating up. And, uh, I, of course, Ben Harvey Murray is not with us today to discuss mm-hmm. this, even though he would have loved to. Uh, I did notice there was a story in, in the paper this week. I think it was on page 16 for the 13 things you should bring with you when you are surf fishing. And let me tell you, it's quite a list. Uh, when you're fishing from shore, you, according to Nick Hyde, you mm-hmm. have to bring quite a few things with you. Um, What's your experience with surf fishing, and and what do you generally bring with you when it, when you have gone? I've gone. I've had several several uh, eras of surf fishing where I I do it a lot, then I don't do it for a while, then I do it a lot again, and but it's always been kind of it's 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 actually pretty simple. I don't know if if Ben would agree with me, but he does some pretty high end stuff, and I'm more of a surf perch Carolina rig you know, grub guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could really, you know, get it done with, I use with basically a drop shot rod, like a medium light spinning rod. Um, I have a small sling pack that's got sinkers and hooks and lures and a couple and a bottle of scent and water and chocolate milk, chocolate <laughs> <laughs> and uh, something to put sand crabs in. And that, that's really all, all there is to it for me. You know, I know, mm-hmm. I know Ben does more of the big game thing. So does Nick, you know, they're fishing for sharks and stuff. And it was Ben who rallied to get this week's cover, um, what it is, uh, it's a cool photo of a leopard shark. 
Yeah, I know he's been doing really well. Um, he, all, you know, he he has guide clients when he's not in here. He's been doing really well in the uh, South Bay area of LA. Um, I've spent a couple of days at the beach, just hanging out on the beach lately, and um, texting him photos of the sand crabs that I'm finding. He's like, "Man, you got to have a rod right now. You got to have a rod. It's so easy right now oh, wow. to catch surf perch." And I even told him. Um, I said I would, but there's also a ton of people in the water, like where I go. He's like, it, he's like, it doesn't even matter. He's like, it doesn't matter as much as you think it does. And it doesn't matter to the people in the water or the, yeah, or the fish. Right, right. To the fish is what he meant. Um, and that was kind of surprising to me, but I trust him and, you know, as a, as a guide. But my whole life, I've always looked down the beach and, you know, walked a couple hundred yards to get away from everybody. So mm-hmm. maybe I will try it right there. Uh, try not to hook anyone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this brings me to, I guess, another topic that it's, it's kind of been a topic of discussion for, for myself at least. Uh, when you're doing a lap around a lake, are you a backpack guy or are you a pocket box guy when it comes to lures and hooks and everything? Are you, uh, are you a pocket box or a backpack? Uh, there's time. I mean, short answer, backpack guy. Okay. You know, I've, it, uh, there's definitely times I'll run out to a Sierra Lake or something when I've just got an hour or two and I just bring one box of lures for sure. But when I'm out all day, it's definitely a backpack. Got to have the water bottle. Got to have a couple options in case I switch gears and go somewhere I didn't think I was going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so you're, you're kind of like depends on the day because if you're going for the whole day, you're going to want a backpack. Yeah. But if you're doing a quick trip, pocket box is okay. Sure. Yeah. One box, one box wonder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try to keep it to a pocket box as much as possible. Yes. I, I, I avoid the backpack unless I really think I'm going to need a variety of things. Yeah. I mean, as far as tackle, most of the stuff in my pocket, like I'll have a little box of lures in my pocket. The backpacks, like like I said, it's maybe where my sweatshirt is, and my water, some snacks, stuff that I don't need to get to often, mm-hmm. but ha- I need to have it with me. Yeah. But surf fishing, you know, is perfect for that kind of deal. Like I said, I got this the smallest sling pack over here from the Eddie Bauer outlet. You know, it's like fifteen bucks, and it's really small, really light, and I don't never needed any more than that for surf fishing. Yeah. Okay. Well. You can check out Nick Hyde's full list on page 16 of the June 24th issue of Western Outdoor News. You're also going to notice if you get this delivered into your into your mailbox, you're going to notice that there is a supplement, which is an extra kind of additional free issue of Western Outdoor News that's included in your regular subscription. And it is the California Sport Boat and Landing Guide. So your issue of one will be a little bit thicker than usual this week because we've got our sport boat landing guide. Uh, Mike, you want to uh, touch on some of the things in that sport boat landing guide? Yeah, the sport boat landing guide is one of our longest running annual supplements. Um, Anybody reading it will realize how much work goes into it. Um, And it's across all departments. We have... Um, our sales guys put together a lot of those listings. And when I say the listings, it's kind of a one-stop shop for information on all the landings, all the boats, how big they are, what kind of trips they run, um, where, the, you know, where they're located, websites, all that stuff from top to bottom. It's really one of the supplements that um, readers have told us they just keep around as a reference all year. Um, 
And there's, you know, there's regular stories in it too. And there's great photography in this one, starting with a great cover shot um, by our freelancer, John Dickens, our, who, who provides a lot of the um, bigger freelance features. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, honestly, uh, in, even in the office here, when we got this, the, the cover kind of dropped our jaws because it's just, it's so colorful. It's such a great shot. And if you haven't seen it for yourself, I mean, run to your mailbox, run to your tackle shop, because this it, the shot will, uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it stopped us in our tracks. I told, you know, I told Laura in production when um, I sent it over, I said, um, it, it's it's a shot of the ramp leading down to the boats at a landing. And it's, it's pretty much says exactly what we need it to say as far as what's inside the supplement. Mm-hmm. Right. And it. I guess of all the times in the year, why do we choose this time of year to do a sport boat and landing guide? Well, in the other, you know, it's the season's fully underway. Um, you know, if you did it much earlier, you run the risk of, um, you know, maybe boats that are still in dry dock or, you know, maybe a boat's going to be out of commission this year or switch landings and stuff like that. By this point of the year, a lot of that stuff's all, the dust uh, is settled. Right. So the dust speak. is settled and everything's locked in. Every every boat's where it needs to be. The captain is the captain. You know, there's no changes there. Um, you know, it, it's kind of shocking actually how much, how many changes go into the, the listings part of it from one year to the next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of changes, a lot of... Uh, a lot of behind the scenes that goes into uh, to making these listings. So uh, this is something for everybody to reference for the rest of the year, rest of the season, for sure. The Sport Boat and Landing Guide in the June 24th issue of Western Outdoor News. Uh, this brings us to kind of our next big thing here tomorrow. I'm actually headed down uh, to San Diego for the San Diego Offshore Jackpot. And it is a five-boat tournament. That's taking place uh, Thursday night through Friday, and uh, we're going to be weighing in Friday from 5.30 to around 7 p.m. in front of H&M Landing. So if you're there, stop by, say hi, and, and see some giant fish. I'm sure we're going to get some incredible fish to weigh on Friday. So make sure to stop by. That's in front of H&M Landing, but uh, Fisherman's Landing and Point Loma Sport Fishing are also uh, taking part in this three-landing tournament the San Diego offshore jackpot. So if you're down there, come say hi. Uh, That's what we have going on Thursday and Friday. Saturday is actually Tuna Wars at Dana Landing, uh, hosted by Captain Rollo's um, Friends at Sea. So we've uh, we've looked forward to that every year. I think this is the seventh year that they've done Tuna Wars. Uh, The the guys from Wicked Tuna are going to be there, and there's no entry fee this time, so that's on Saturday. And then the L.A. Rod and Reel Club on Sunday has their annual giant swap meet sale in Chatsworth. So make sure to stop by. You got, like, the next four days of, of plans. You got San Diego Offshore Jackpot. You got Tuna Wars down in San Diego. And then you have the L.A. Rod and Reel Club uh, in Chatsworth on Sunday with their annual swap meet fishing tackle sale so we've got a ton of stuff going on the surf fishing's looking good we got a big string of calico photos recently and we mentioned that in the issue this week the calico bite has just been incredible we've seen consistent action in southern california uh, for calico right yeah we touched on that last week um we mentioned how the water temperature was in that that warmer spot 
you know, it needs to be in for a consistent calico bite to, uh, to, uh, exist for the sport boats. Um, I think we were talking about Dana, Dana Wharf, uh, boats in particular and Brian Woolley's report, but the water temperature stayed that way and the bite has remained consistent. Um, we've been talking to some, uh, smaller boat captains recently and there's been some wind out there, um, that's kind of, kind of slowed things down just because it makes it a little more difficult to fish. The water temperature is still good and the water's still clean in most places. And, um, yeah, that calico bass, um, bite is really providing most of the inshore action right now. And there's still, um, still big sea bass coming up at the islands. And so the, the inshore thing is going on too. And, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of it has to do with that water temperature finally hanging in there. It was, it kind of was snotty for a while, way too late into June as compared to recent years, and things are getting better. So I expect as more private boats get to take advantage of these conditions, we're going to see a lot more of the um, the bluefin and some of the other offshore stuff taken off too. Yeah. Hopefully right in time for that San Diego offshore jackpot. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to see some good action. Uh, so speaking of H&M Landing, speaking of San Diego, our next guest on the show is Nate. He is the tackle manager at H&M. He's been there for uh, about four seasons now. He's been able to see the the comings and goings of the H&M Landing tackle shop there. And he, he gives us kind of a rundown of the season that they've seen so far, and he gives some tips from the tackle manager of H&M Landing. So let's hear from Nate. Yeah, it's honestly been an incredible, incredible season so far. We kicked off really early. Um, we started with rumors that, you know, Mexican fleet had wrapped up, you know, quota of sane fish. And that was within the first, I think, two weeks of January of this year. So we knew we were in for a big bluefin year for sure from the get-go. And it definitely has not disappointed. Um, it's been insane. We've had a couple of weeks where we hardly hooked any fish under 100 pounds. And um, yeah, it's been amazing. Everyone's catching fish of a lifetime here on many trips. Right. Yeah. So being the tackle manager down there at H&M, you, you hear everything and you see everybody coming in and asking for tips and tricks. What are some of the big uh, suggestions that you have for in, anybody going fishing right now this summer? Definitely. Um, the best recommendation I can give you is bring a large variety of gear. Um, we're seeing fish from 20 pounds to 200 plus pounds on almost every trip out there. Um, a few weeks ago, we were catching fish on 60, 80 pound gear on sinker rig. Now we're catching tons of fish on 40 on fly line. We're still catching tons of fish on that hundred plus on the jigs at night. Um, so bring it all. And we see a lot of guys who don't bring a lot of stuff on the really heavy end, or you hear guys who get out there and, oh man, I should have brought my 50 wide. I left that thing at home. I didn't think I was going to need something that big. Well, bring it with you, (laughs) you know, bring your 30 pound with you, bring your 40 pound with you and bring everything up to your hundred plus pound with you. If you have it, Uh, it's not going to do you much good sitting at home. Yeah. So you'd say majority of the time uh, you hear the stories and when people are undergunned, but I'm sure people don't come back saying, oh man, I I was overgunned. I had too, I had too much heavy gear on this trip. Do you get that? (laughs) Absolutely not. No, you'll never get a guy saying, I wish I hooked that 200 pounder on a smaller reel. I mean, (laughs) those things are beasts. They'll kick your butt and it's, it's a battle once you get into them. It's not just a hook it and reel it in kind of deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what's a good combo that you suggest specifically for, for somebody going out? If you had to choose like one all around combo, 
I know you said to bring a lot, but if you had to suggest just one combo, what would you suggest? Yeah, you know, that's a really tough question to answer um, because, like I said, we're seeing such a variety of fish. And I always tell people, like, you don't go golfing with one club. It's There's not really one club that's going to just do everything on the golf course for you. So mm-hmm. it's tough. But um, definitely err towards the heavier side of things if you're only going to have one um, have something you can comfortably fish your 60, 80, or maybe even hundred pound on. I know really popular ones. The last few seasons, um, real wise has been like the pen fathom 40, the pen fathom 60. Um, they're excellent, like all around reels. They're not the best for your cow tunas, or if you're going to go chase that big stuff all the time, I would recommend getting something bigger. But if you have a rod that's rated, you know, maybe 50 to 80, um, or somewhere in that range, 40 to hundred, some of that stuff is really good and you can get by with a large, large variety of fish on a setup like that. Okay. All right. So you've kind of, you've suggested some of the big guns here. What are, what are some of the, uh, the common mistakes that you see people when they're going out on the boats and you see them walk down the dock and you go, Oh man, what is that guy thinking? What, what's something like that? Yeah, you know, it's tough because sometimes you look at someone and you're like, wow, I can't believe they would do that. And then that's the guy hooking up the whole trip. So (laughs) you never know. Um, A lot of guys tend to bring their spinning reels and spinning reels are definitely tough on big fish. Um, If you have the manpower to just manhandle those fish and never set that rod on the rail and you want to just have a blast fish in your poppers or something, bring it with you. But honestly, for your average Joe, you're going to have a really, really tough time landing a fish. And uh, I know those deckhands aren't exactly excited when you hand them a spinning reel and say, have fun. So, (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. So what's one thing that people rarely bring that you think they should always bring? I know we've kind of touched on on that a little bit, but what is there is there a non rod and reel item that people tend to forget that you think is mandatory? Yeah, you know, terminal tackle is really important too, and it's often overlooked. Um, even something as simple as what line you're putting on your reel, what fluorocarbon you're using, or are you using fluorocarbon? Um, that'll make a big difference in how many fish you're landing. We're seeing hooks bend out. We're seeing flatfall jigs breaking. We're seeing leaders get chewed through as fish gut hook and swallow, you know, baits and jigs. Um, so you got to be prepared. And like I said, it, it's always going to be a battle, even on smaller fish, smaller gear. If you're hooking that 30 to 50 pound fish on 40 pound fly line, you still can't just reel that sucker in. So it's a back and forth. You got to have good knots, good fluorocarbon, good hooks and, they'll test everything you got on your line between you and that fish. Yeah, absolutely. So terminal tackle is a good thing. Uh, what about some of the, uh, some of the other non non fishing related items? If people are going out on overnight trips, what are some things that you suggest they bring? Yeah. Um, these days with the COVID requirements, as of the last couple of seasons, uh, you got to bring your own bedding on boats. That's something that catches a few people by surprise. So make sure you're bringing, you know, a good sleeping bag and a pillow, or some guys will prefer to bring a blanket and a sheet and a pillow, whatever works for you. Um, I prefer to pack light. I usually bring like a sleeping bag and a pillow. I feel that covers under me, covers over me. And then um, it'll make your sleeping experience a lot more comfortable. As far as being out on deck, um, good boots and a good jacket is definitely something that a lot of guys overlook. You know, if you're, if you're thinking your mountain edition vans are going to keep you dry, I, I promise you they won't. You're going to have soggy foot by the end of the trip and it's not a good time. You don't have to have crazy rubber boots, but, um, have something that'll keep you dry if you can. Same with a good windbreaker. You know, it's not always super cold out there, 
but guys will really get that chill by the time you're on the water all day. Say you're on a day and a half trip, you're on night two with the same jacket. You got a little bit of salt soaked into it. It's like never really wet, never really dry. So bring a good windbreaker, bring a good jacket or two with you. And um, that's something that will definitely make your experience more comfortable and easier. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people, and I'm jumping around a little bit, but we've been talking to a lot of people about slow pitch jigging and speed jigging. What are your, what are your takes on that? And how have you seen the trend, uh, kind of ramp up at H and M as the tackle manager? Totally. So yeah, it's definitely, um, a couple of styles that have taken our bluefin world by storm. Uh, first a, a few guys were doing it and of course we took notice cause they were killing lots and lots of fish, but, uh, there's kind of a gray area in between them, to be honest. Um, most guys are fishing those speed jigs the same way they would some of their slow pitch jigs. And a lot of times your hits are coming on the sink. So, uh, people are kind of just fishing them the same either way. Realistically, the ideal way to be speed jigging, you'd have a short, really bendy rod. You'd have kind of a lighter reel, something you can throw up and down all day and make sure that jig's bouncing around down there. Um, but that's not what most guys are doing. Honestly, most guys are tying those things onto a big old rail rod, setting it on the rail and hooking them either on the sink or a really fast retrieve. But I've seen it all be successful. Um, really at the end of the day, bluefin tuna, if they're in a biting mood, you get a jig down in front of them, pick your preferred method, make sure you have good hooks on and leaders on your jig and, and have fun. Hold on. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been there for four years now. Uh, what are some of the the trends? I, I know it's a, kind of a short window. You can even talk about your whole um, kind of fishing career here. Uh, what are some of the trends that have come and gone that uh, that you've seen over the years that you wonder, you know, why don't people do that anymore? Yeah, you know, it's funny how that goes. Um, things are definitely really trendy when it comes to fishing and guys always want to have the latest and greatest. But there's stuff that's always worked and will continue working. Um, like some, you know, last summer, beginning of the season or not even summertime yet, I guess it was around this time of year, guys were catching lots of bluefin on surface iron. So you had guys coming in every day. Do you have blue and white, um, taddy 14 A's? Do you have JRI blue and white? Um, yeah, we got them and guys were catching fish on them. And I think at the end of the day, like those fish will bite a big variety of lures. You really can take your pick. Same thing. We've had years where poppers or colt snipers were huge. Everybody was fishing them. Everybody was catching fish on them. But of course, if everybody's fishing them, everybody's going to catch fish on them. So kind of the nature of the beast. Um, but it's trendy and it's always fun to have the new lure. And, and as fishermen, we're always looking for a new technique to master and the next best way to catch fish. So it's kind of just the evolution of the sport. And it's something that the, the fishermen enjoy for sure. Right. And uh, you mentioned the colt sniper. Are you aware that they actually changed the name of the Colt Sniper? It's actually the current Sniper now? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> um, whatever. Uh, Shimano's always doing new marketing stuff and changing stuff around. Um, whatever they did to it, I just hope they put better hooks on them. That would be really cool. Um, yeah. Is that your yeah, suggestion? Yeah, stuff around. Is that your suggestion to, uh, if you get a Colt, Colt or <laughs> I just did it already, a current Sniper yeah, current to sniper. Uh, to swap out the hooks on that thing? You know, honestly, I don't know if I've had my hands on the new current snipers. Uh, we still have some of the original Colt snipers in the shop, so I haven't gotten my hands on them. I, I can't say if they've switched anything on them or not, but if they are like the original Colt sniper, I would definitely recommend swapping the hook. Um, good alternative for those would be like the Daiwa Zakana jigs. I know those are hard to find too, but if you can get your hands on them, they're real good out of the box. They got good split rings and hooks on them, so you don't have to switch anything on those guys. Okay. Um, all right. So, you know, you've worked at a landing now for, for a little bit of time. 
what are some of the the crazy day-to-day things at the landing that most fishermen don't see or appreciate uh, being on the fishing side of things? Oh man, it's always something new at the landing. <laughs> I mean, it's it's always interesting because on one side, everyone's so excited. You have your local pros who have been, you know, getting their gear ready for years. They're out on the water all the time. They're super experienced and they know it all, or they're still learning, but they know a lot. Uh, and then you get your guys from out of town who are showing up with, you know, reels they may be caught their personal best catfish on in the river. And all they know is I caught a 70 pound fish on this thing. It's a beast of a reel. And you got to be the one to tell them that, you know, those tuna have a little different motor on them and maybe it doesn't cut it, but, um, you never know. Every day is different. I mean, we see guys who come from the fly fishing world. We see guys who come from, you know, the tranquil waters of the trout world and it's all, it's all new to a lot of them. So it's always fun. It's always something exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I know with, uh, with kind of staffing shortages all around the industry, how are you guys doing in terms of, uh, of the staff there? Are you guys currently hiring just in case anybody's listening to this, looking for work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're always looking for good help in the tackle shop. And as the season ramps up, um, we're definitely looking to add a few more to the staff, uh, pretty much always looking, but we've been doing all right. Uh, we have some awesome, awesome guys on the team. They're holding it down. Um, they have lots of knowledge. A lot of them are getting out on the water frequently. So uh, they're very much in the know. Yeah. How, how did you get your start as a, as a tackle manager there at H&M? Uh, honestly, I kind of started at the bottom of the ladder. I was like spinning reels on um, rental equipment, you know, putting fresh line on them after they come back from trips, um, basic stuff, sweeping around the shop, getting rental gear ready, putting line on customer reels, that kind of thing. And then just kind of eased into the tackle shop side of things. Obviously, that was a natural fit, just talking tackle with guys all day. So I kind of went from there. All right. So one last question for you, Nate. Uh, When do you think the big peak is going to be this summer? And then when do things start transitioning as we get into the fall? Yeah. So that's kind of the age old question. I know everyone's excited to see some yellowfin around. Uh, We've actually seen a few in the counts here and there the last couple of days. Uh, There's kind of lost souls mixed in with the bluefin. So who knows? Uh, It's usually around, you know, mid to late July that we really see that stuff crack open and we see the transition into Dorado, yellowtail, yellowfin, and kind of away from the bluefin thing. But you never know. I mean, last year we never really cracked into that yellowfin, never came up here super hard. We caught lots of Dorado and we caught lots of yellowtail, uh, but we never had that, say, big uh, current sniper kick, as we should call them. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, you never know. Um, It's usually about that time, July, mid-July, early to late July. Uh, but every year is different. It is mother nature. Well, we look forward to, uh, to seeing what the summer produces for H and M and we'll, we'll keep everybody posted on all the latest reports and photos coming out of H and M. So thanks again, Nate. Absolutely. And looking forward to having you guys later this week for the Western outdoor news tournament. It's gonna be a blast and we've been catching some big ones. So hopefully we'll get some, a big, big winner this year. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Western Outdoor News Podcast. I can't wait to see all of your submissions for the Big Fish Challenge starting July 1st. Enter now at wonews.com. Again, it's just $50 to fish for the whole summer, and you're eligible to win almost $3,000 in prizes. Let's see those fish. Sign up at wonews.com. <laughs>